Amen. And all of God's people said, amen. Let's open our Bibles to Mark. Let's go to the shortest gospel, Matthew, then Mark. So if, go to the New Testament. If you need a Bible, please grab one right there. There should be one, hopefully, in the back of the pew. If you need to take that one, please take that Bible with you. We would love to replace it. Every week, we love to come through the pews and replace the Bibles. And so please, if you need one, take a Bible. Matthew, then Mark. Mark chapter 4. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. We're in a series of sermons titled, Who's Your One? If you remember, if this is your first time, we're so thankful that you're here with us. Remember, this whole series is not just a particular program that the church is doing right now. This is simply bringing emphasis to Christ's call upon us that he gives to every follower in Jesus Christ. Pray for someone and share the gospel with them. Pray for one person, share the gospel with one person. And so, so we're doing a visual representation of that. Take a white ping pong ball, write the initial of a person, the person's first name or last name, the one that God has laid upon your heart. And we are over 800 of our folks who have made this commitment to pray for one person and share the gospel with that person. Please, please. Continue to pray and ask the Lord to lay that on your heart. If you say, well, I'm not a member of this church, be a part of this. You're answering the call of Christ. This isn't about our church. Would you lay on your heart, ask the Lord to lay on your heart the name of an individual with whom you, for whom you would pray and with whom you would share the gospel. Write that person initial, their first name, last name, and then write out door number one or door number 11. That'll be a part of the invitation again this morning that you be a part of Christ's call in your life. Once you have a gospel conversation, regardless of who it's with, I got to put a, a blue ping pong ball in the bowl this morning because yesterday afternoon went outside. My neighbor was out taking a look at his daughter's car and we just got to talking about life. His daughter's car, she had been in a wreck. One thing led to another. And before you know it, we're in a gospel conversation. Please know that this isn't about, well, how do I just all of a sudden start talking about the Lord? Friends, listen, every part of life will lead you to a conversation about the Lord. Just look for those opportunities to share the gospel with someone. So that's what we're in. Now, this morning's title, the sermon title, I was reflecting upon Thursday and Friday whenever the title, Never Ending Rain, I never thought it was going to stop. I mean, it's one of those two-day periods where you think, okay, at some point it's going to stop raining. Never did. And this morning, the reason I titled Never Ending R-E-I-G and Never Ending Rain is because what we're going to be focusing in on is the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 4, we're going to be in verses 26 through 29. Only four verses that we're going to be looking at. But boy, I really hope that you'll keep your Bibles open because we will refer to other passages of Scripture. The Scripture is always tied together. There is a unity to the Word of God. And so hold your Bible there. Keep it open. Mark chapter 4. Let's read 26 through 29. And he said, that being Jesus, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He rises, or he sleeps and rises night and day. And the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, 
at once he puts in the harvest. He puts it in the sickle because the harvest has come. You know what? I, let's do that again. I got in the way. I really did. I was getting in the way of the word of God. And so let, let's read it again. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, my weakness is already so evident. Lord, I can't do this without you. Lord, I need you, and every single one of us need you because, Lord, we are weak. We are people who are fallen. Lord, we've sinned against the holy God. And so, Lord, we pray that today someone who does not have a testimony, Lord, just like Sid, Lord, someone who, is, who isn't sure, they don't know where they would spend eternity. Lord, I pray that the truth of the good news of Jesus Christ would come through someone's heart. Lord, I pray that hearts would turn to you. Lord, I pray that our ears would be open to hearing from you, our mind, our, our heart. Lord, move in a powerful way. Lord, thank you for what you've already done in this service. Lord, I pray for lives to be recommitted to you. Lord, I pray that you would burden our heart with someone for whom we can pray and share the gospel with them. Lord, I pray that you would add to us and call out from us that every one of us would, be, would sense the call of Christ on our hearts this morning. Every one of us, Lord. Those listening on the internet, watching, Lord, I pray that they would come to you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Verse 26, and he said, the kingdom of God. Those are the first words he said. Now remember, this is the third parable in Mark chapter 4. We've already talked about the parable of the sower. And that's where Jesus talked about, there was a man who went out and sowed seed. And the man then is taken out of the picture. The man went out and sowed seed. And then the whole rest of the parable is about some seed fell on the hardened path and the birds came and ate it and it, it went away. Some seed fell among the rocky soil and it was a shallow soil and the seed took sprout for just a little bit. But then whenever the hot sun came out, which was representative of hard times, struggles, trials in life, tragedies, persecution, then the little sprout withers away and mounts to nothing. Some seed fell among the thorns and it sprouted up for a little while, grew for a little while. But then whenever the cares of this world, the busyness of this world, the distractions, all that the world has to offer started rising up with it, then it choked it out. Whenever persecution came, deceitfulness of riches, it choked it out. But then some seed fell on good soil and it produced 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. That was the parable of the sower. And then Jesus went right into the parable of the lamp. Because in the parable of the sower, he's asking the question, if you've got seed in your bag, why would you not sow it? If you're a sower and you have seed, what good is it if it stays in the bag? But instead, a sower goes out and sows seed. Well, in the same way, you, no one ever brings in a lamp and then puts a basket on top of it. No one ever brings in a lamp and puts it under the bed, but instead, you put it up on a stand so that it gives light. If the Lord has lit the lamp of your heart, why would you hide it? 
But instead, we're to sow the seed. We're to be a lamp. We're to be a light so that people can see the life of Christ in us and glorify our Father, which is in heaven. And so then coming right out of that, he goes right into a third parable. And it's the parable of the seed growing. And he opens by saying, the kingdom of God. Well, it's the first time he said those words in the fourth chapter of Mark. As a matter of fact, something that's very interesting about this parable, the parable of the seed growing, verses 26 through 29, these words are unique to the gospel of Mark. Matthew doesn't have them, Luke doesn't have them, John doesn't have them. Only Mark records Jesus saying this. And he talks about the kingdom of God. And we could ask the question, well, I wonder why he's bringing it up now. He's not just bringing it up now. Look at Mark chapter 1. Back up a couple of pages in your Bible there. Go to Mark chapter 1. Look at verse 14 with me. Mark 1, verse 14. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Well, if we were to go to Matthew chapter 4, it's the very beginning of the Jesus ministry, and it's going to tell us that Jesus went about preaching, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus is preaching the kingdom of God. It's not that he's just now bringing it up. This has been the whole point of why he came. He's come for the kingdom of God. And so here's the first point. All of these parables that we've been reading, the parable of the sower, the parable of the lamp, the parable of the seed growing, they're all about the kingdom of God. That's the goal of these parables. The goal of Jesus' preaching is the kingdom of God. So therefore, the goal of our prayers and the goal of us proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ is all about the kingdom of God. So friend, when you talk with that person, it's not that you're trying to make yourself known. It's not trying to make your name great among other believers. It's that you're trying to make great the name of God. You're exalting and lifting up the kingdom of God. That's why we're doing this. Whenever we pray, our goal should be the kingdom of God. And that's because when Jesus was teaching us how to pray, he said, pray in this manner. And it doesn't mean pray, recite these words. It says, here's a model. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now listen, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You see, the kingdom of God is the goal of our praying. It should be the goal of our witnessing. Friends, the reason we're doing First Responders Day is not so that people will go around and say, boy, that's Southern Hills Baptist Church. I really like those folks. They, they, they honor our, our first response. That's not it. It's not so that people will be talking about the name of our church. It's so that we want people to talk about the name of God. This is about the kingdom of God. And so what is the kingdom of God? My freshman year at OBU, I got to take New Testament under a dear saint, a woman. Her name was Dr. Rowena Strickland. She was the first woman to ever earn a doctorate in theology from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. First woman. And so I got to take New Testament under her. I will never forget, because it was on a test, define the kingdom of God. And so what she taught us, the kingdom of God is the righteous reign and rule of God in the hearts of men. I'll never forget that phrase. 
Here's what she taught us. The kingdom of God is the righteous reign, R-E-I-G-N, the righteous reign and rule of God in the hearts of men or women, obviously. Okay, in my mind, I had to simplify it. And so I want you to, here's a good working definition of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is where God is king. The kingdom of God is where God is king. And so did you know, here's what that means. That means if in your heart, Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, if in your heart, God is king, there's the kingdom of God. And so my wife and I had a son, have a son, not had, have a son, Drew, his wife, two kids. They were living in the United Kingdom for a while. They lived in England. Well, you remember the United Kingdom is that kingdom that boasted the sun never sets on the United Kingdom. And it's because they were literally spread out all over the world. Well, how is it that they would expand that physical kingdom, that physical United, that geographical United Kingdom? How would they expand it? Well, a long time ago, at times they would go into a land and they would either conquer or capture the people. And then they would establish rule and authority of the United Kingdom over that land and all of a sudden the United Kingdom grew because here you have people who are now under a different rule and authority. Well, friends, we have a group that went to Senegal. There are people who are getting to hear the name of Jesus Christ for the very first time and there are people who are trusting their lives to Jesus Christ, asking him to save them and making him the Lord of their life. And did you know what happened at that very moment? The kingdom of God grew because a heart in a land, in a city, in a village where no one had ever heard the gospel, all of a sudden the kingdom of God is right there. And so this morning, if sometime during this service, in the singing, in the praying, in the hearing the word, if there's a, even if you're saved, If there's an aspect of your heart, if there's an area of your life that you've been holding back from the Lord, Lord, I I know that you're Lord, but boy, this I need to keep control of this because I really feel like I know better what to do with this part of my life. If there's an area of your life that right now you surrender to the Lord, did you know the kingdom of God grew right then? Because the kingdom of God is where God is king. And so then Jesus said, the kingdom of God is. And I love that. Look again at the scripture, verse 26. The kingdom of God is. And what that helps us to understand is that Jesus did not say the kingdom of God was or the kingdom of God will be, but he says the kingdom of God is, which helps us to understand the kingdom of God is right now, it's not just someday. The kingdom of God is not just someday, it's right now. Friends, that's why the whole first point, if you give your life to Jesus Christ, if God becomes the king of your heart, the kingdom of God just entered in right then. The kingdom of God grew because the reign and rule of God is in your heart. The kingdom of God is not just someday, it's right now. 
And boy, the reason that we need to hear that is because oftentimes we think, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, yeah, someday, someday I do, I I do want to go to heaven. Someday I want to be a part of the kingdom of God, but not right now. Not right now. I want to live life my way, and then someday I want to be in the kingdom of God. But friend, the truth of the scripture is, if you don't want to live for the kingdom of God right now, you won't be in the kingdom of God someday. Well, I want to make sure we heard that. If you don't want to live for the kingdom of God now, if you say, well, I want to live my life my way, serving me as king of my life. I'm the boss of my life, and that's why I want to live my life. But then someday when I die, and I, w- I want to go to heaven. If you don't want to live for the kingdom of God, if you don't want to live your life for the kingdom of God, then you won't be in the kingdom of God someday. That's why in every single gospel, you remember I, I had us in Mark, and I went back to Mark 1 to show you that Jesus was preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. Matthew, I told you about Matthew. If we went to John's gospel, in John chapter 3, we all remember that John chapter 3 is where we have John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. We remember that those words were spoken in the context of Jesus talking to a man named Nicodemus. And in John 3, 3, Jesus said to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, unless you're born again, you won't see the kingdom of God. And so, friends, we, ought, we have to understand the kingdom of God is right now. I can serve the king of kings right now. And it's because eternal life is right now. And, and, and again, that's one of those things that we think, well, no, eternal life is someday. That's not what the Bible teaches. In John chapter 17, hours before Jesus would go to the cross, in John 17, verse 3, he said, And this is eternal life, that you know the one true God and believe in the one whom he sent. Now listen to that. And this is eternal life. That you know the one true God and believe in the one whom he sent. The moment that you put your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, you have eternal life right then. Not someday, right then. That's why Jesus said, I came to give life and life abundant. Friends, my soul is not 58 years old. My soul is eternal and it is sold and safe and secure in the hands of Jesus Christ right now. I have eternal life right now, not someday. And here's why that truth is so important. It's so important why Jesus said the kingdom of God is. It's so important for us to understand it's right now. And that's because, everyone, please hear this. You're serving a kingdom right now. You are either advancing the kingdom of God or you're advancing the kingdom of Satan. And if right now you're thinking, whoa, okay, I was fine up until you said that, but 
okay, you've gone way too far. You stepped over the line. You're just trying to, now you're exaggerating to make a point. Folks, I'm not. Look right back at Mark 3. You remember we're in Mark 4. Look at Mark 3 for just a moment. I want to show you something. Mark 3, look at verse 22 with me. Mark 3, verse 22. So this is right before this whole parable, the soul parable of the Lamb. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem were saying, He is possessed by Beelzebub, and the prince of demons, he cast out the demons. Okay, Jesus was doing great works. And the religious leaders of that day said, Well, but, but he's not doing that by God. That's not God's power. You see, they're trying to do everything they can to refute, reject him, get rid of No, that, that's not by God. And so they only have one other option. It's by the kingdom of Satan. It's by the prince of devils that he does that. Because, folks, there are only two options. Either right now I am serving and desiring to advance the kingdom of God or I'm serving and desiring to advance the kingdom of Satan. And again, boy, Satan is going to hit you with, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, ignore what he's saying. You're not a Satanist. Forget what he's saying. Okay, well then let me bring up Ephesians chapter 2 where Paul says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. And please know that was me, that was you, that was every single one of us. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. And listen to the description of us. We were following the course of this world. We were following the prince of the power of the air. That is Satan. You were sons of disobedience. You were children of wrath, just like the rest of mankind. That's who we were. But thank God, Jesus Christ, in his grace and mercy, has made me alive. And I don't serve the kingdom of Satan anymore, but I'm getting to serve and advance the kingdom of God. Friend, which camp are you in? The kingdom of God is, and it's because it's right now. Jesus said the kingdom of God is as if, and boy, we can't miss that. There's a tiny little word there, if. And as a matter of fact, I want us to read the parable again. uh, And it's because I want you to hear all the certainty. There's only one uncertainty in this whole parable. The rest of it is certainty. It's as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day and the seed sprouts and grows. The issue is not whether or not a seed is going to sprout and grow. The issue is not whether or not he's going to sleep, rise night and day. That's not the issue. And then it goes on to say, the earth produces by itself. First the blade, then the ear, then the full grain. That's not up in the air. That's a given. As a matter of fact, in the Greek, the word that we're having to use a phrase in the English to translate a single Greek word, whenever it says produces by itself, it's the Greek word automate. A-U-T-O, auto, I-A-U-T-O-M-A-T-E, where we get our word automatic. The earth, automatically, the earth produces by itself. First the blade, then the ear, then the full grain. But when the grape grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. There are givens throughout that entire parable except for one uncertainty. The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed. 
That's the only uncertainty in the whole parable. Will we do it or will we not? If, if, so yesterday, I hate to bring up a bad memory for some of the folks in here. He's, (laughs) you already know where I'm heading. So now the whole college playoff picture. And they're already saying, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. You know, here's all these ifs. Well, if this team wins. Well, if this team. If and if and if and if. Because there are all these uncertainties. Okay, the only uncertainty in the parable is, will we share the gospel? Will the man scatter the seed? And boy, every single one of us in here... I, please know, if you think you've got excuses, I'm going to be like Paul. I can outdo you. I can list a whole ton of excuses. I don't like it. I don't, I, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know all the answers that they're going to ask. I don't know, and we can give all these excuses. And friends, Jesus is using a picture of a seed in the ground, and it sprouts and grows. We know not how. It's because it's not complicated. Satan wants us to complicate it, but it's not complicated. There, there's a family in our church, and I, I've, I've, I'm thankful that I got to hear about something that happened with their kids uh, between the siblings. And the kids aren't very, I mean, these are children And friends, I I want us to see this because I want us to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ is not complicated. And sharing it's not complicated. Watch this video. Hi, my name is Gideon. One day at church, Pastor Doug told the church to um, find your one and have a gospel conversation. And one night in bed, I told my brother... Um, to be, I told my brother how to be saved, and um, he's been talking about it for a while. Um, then after he told me how to be saved, um, I went and told Abigail about Jesus and wrote an A on the ping pong ball, and I wrote a T on the on the blue ball because I had a gospel conversation. That's my story. Okay, so what the Lord had done in Gideon's life is I need to tell my brother. And then he told his brother, and, you, and so Titus went and go, told Abigail, his sister. And if you're thinking, that's, that's, that's not that hard. It's not. It's the way it's supposed to work. This, it's not complicated. The only if is whether or not we're willing to go. And so I want you to know where the power then is going to lie because it's not lying in you and I. The power is in the word of God. And so the, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. And then if you notice, the man is introduced at the beginning of the parable and he doesn't come back in until the very end. The word of God takes over. The seed sprouts and grows. The earth produces fruit. He knows not how. All the man was supposed to do is sow the seed. 
Because there is life giving power in the Word of God. Tonight at the Fall Festival, many of our Gideons that are in our church are going to be handing out New Testaments. Praise the Lord. They're going to hand a New Testament to someone. They may not get to share the gospel with them, but if that person goes home and just at random opens up anywhere in the New Testament and starts reading, the Word of God has life-giving power. It will convict of sin. It can point them to the one who saved them. Friends, so many times we put all the emphasis on us when what the parable is putting the emphasis on is the life-giving power in the Word of God. There is life-giving power in the Word of God. Just sow it. And friends, so many times we say, but I don't fully understand what if they ask me a question? Don't you love right in the middle of the parable? It's, uh, it's one of my favorite phrases in this whole parable. He sleeps and rises night and day and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. He knows not how. I don't get it, but I believe it. I believe it. This summer at False Creek, uh, some of our youth where uh, it was, you know, afternoon, it's recreation time, and uh, someone were playing spades. And so I sat down and I said, hey, I've got a card trick. And so I did this card trick. And it, you, you put three columns, and there's seven cards in each column. And the person picks one of the cards out of one column. It doesn't matter which column. It doesn't matter which card it is. Just don't tell me what it is. And then I just keep doing the, laying the cards out, and then I put them into groups, and at the end of the trick, they're going to have their card. I don't have a clue how the trick works. I'm serious. I don't. Tell me how this works. I don't know. I really don't. I know if you put them in these columns and you keep redoing it over and over again, eventually their card's going to come out. I don't get it. But it works every single time. I don't fully get the Word of God. Someone explained to me the Trinity. How is it that Jesus, who is God the Son, on the cross is crying out, My God, He is God the Son. He's crying out to God the Father, Why, why have you forsaken me? We, we can't fully comprehend that. But I believe it. I believe that there is life-giving power in the Word of God. And so here's where it ends. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. And so, friends, we've got to understand that is a huge truth right there. The Word of God is sown And here's what the kingdom of God is like. It's like a seed. It's like a seed that sprouts and it starts growing. First the blade, then the ear, then the full grain of ear. But when that kingdom is fully ripe, when that grain of wheat is fully ripe, it's time for the harvest. And friends, what the harvest means is there will come a day when the kingdom of God is full and complete and it will be harvest time. 
and the sickle comes in. And please know that with the harvest, the, the, the scripture always helps us understand that also means judgment day. Revelation 14, verse 15. Please don't miss this. And another angel came out of the temple calling with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, put in your sickle and reap for the hour to reap has come for the harvest of the earth is fully ripe. Folks, there will come a day. And so the question I need to ask you is, is God king? The kingdom of God is where God is king. And so first responders, we oftentimes, they, they use a phrase, uh, a word, it's the word jurisdiction. Because a first responder works under a certain jurisdiction. There are certain places where that particular officer has jurisdiction. That word jurisdiction is such an interesting word. It, it comes from the juris part. Okay, you, you hear in that jury, but it's the, the, the root of it is the, the word jus, J-U-S. It's where we would get our word justice. And J-U-S, the plural form of it is jura. And that, that word simply means law. But isn't it interesting it's followed by diction? Because diction is like writing something. It's, as a matter of fact, that's right. Diction means word. It's where that word is law. And so when Sid was telling his testimony, he said to the man, he said to the man, stop. And Sid had jurisdiction. He is the authority and with his word he can speak and say stop. What if that man had said, who says? Well, the law says you're under this jurisdiction. The law says. God has spoken. And Jesus Christ is Lord. Do you belong to him? Is Jesus king? Has your heart, are you under the jurisdiction of the Lord Jesus Christ? And if you're not, please don't live another day serving and advancing the kingdom of self and Satan. But come today and trust him. Eternal life will begin right now. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do pray that. We pray that the kingdom of God would begin right now in someone's heart. That someone's heart would be the place where God is king. Lord, please move powerfully in this service. Lord, I pray for this invitation. I pray for someone to be saved. We pray for lives to be recommitted to you. Lord, I pray that someone would be burdened with a person and would go out right now out these doors and make a commitment to pray for one person and to share the gospel with one. Lord, thank you for what you're going to do. Lord, may the call of Christ be answered today by every single one of us. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Would you stand with me? The altar is open. I'm inviting you to step out of your pew and come down to the front. Talk with one of our counselors, our ministers. Trust Christ today as Savior. Recommit your life to Him. Come and join this church family or go out. How is the Lord leading you today? He's leading you. How are you going to respond? You come. You come.